Cuff and the Collar, reflections on life from a former pastor and an ex-con, where we talk about life, religion, and spirituality, what we've learned from our past, and what we're trying to figure out today. We'll be sharing some of our stories and hearing some of yours. Thanks for joining the conversation. In 2007, Barrett decided to get clean. He had been running from the law, had a pretty close brush with death, and finally decided to turn himself in to the law. But before he did that, he went to rehab to get cleaned up. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about Barrett's experience at rehab, what that was like, and if there's anything the rest of us can learn from that. So, Barrett, why don't you tell us what led you up to the point of going to rehab and what that was like? Uh, it was just time. So I think I was just ready. To, I was tired, tired of using drugs. I didn't really want to go to rehab. I didn't really want to because um, there were some conditions. So why'd you go? I needed to go. All right. I wasn't. I didn't want to go, but that was selfish. I didn't want to quit smoking. I didn't want to quit the social. Um, I didn't want to give up those things that I didn't really have anyway. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a one year program, so I thought that was just like way too long. So, what were you, what was it like, or what what happened when you first got there? When I first got there, it, it seemed pretty depressing because it was a a, a pretty big. I mean, I had been to rehab before. I had I had seen other rehabs, so I knew what I was getting into. I, I knew that the, the the people that were going to be there. So mm-hmm. it was a desert, basically. This wasn't like Malibu. R- yeah, right. The like it wasn't stars. like a thirty day uh, on the beach uh, or ninety day kind of um, vacation. That this includes, was that includes Botox injections and well, whatever they include. <laughs> man, I mean, they have a lot of perks at those those rehabs, but right. you pay a lot of money too. So. This was a free program, and you were gonna. Ha- I knew I was gonna have to do the work. It was a work therapy program, mm-hmm. and by the looks of it, when you're looking around the desert, you're you're kind of curious as to what kind of work you're gonna be doing. I mean, there just there were just rocks and dirt. It wasn't much of a place. Is this is what you were thinking when you were pulling. Yeah, in. I know. I'm like thinking, and your your mom because we've talked about this before. Yeah. Your mom introduced you to this place, right? This is how you exactly. Yeah, she found yourself going out to the desert one night or day. Yeah, one day she she knew about it because she she actually lived in this area, so she's like familiar with the area of where, where I'm going. She was actually living in uh, Canyon Lake, a more uppity kind of bougie part of Lake Elsinore, and this was in Paris. <laughs> so it was you know a gated community with a lake in the middle of it, and then you have everything around that was just you know. And, and this rehab center was in that area. Right? It was on the outskirts of that area. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So. I just just driving up. I mean, just having to make changes and thinking you're going to have to give up a year of your life just felt like I don't know why. I don't know why it felt like so long. I mean, really, nothing. I had nothing going for me at the time. So really, at the end of the day, it was like it just felt like I couldn't do it. And I'm not going to be able to see my friends and see anybody. And you're in that environment. You're like the new guy, or you're like it's intimidating. I think there's a little bit of intimidation. It's like anything new guy on the job, new guy on the team. You always feel like this, like. I don't know. I was. I don't. Maybe you don't always feel that way, but I've always felt a little, you know, self conscious about um, 
I think that's pretty common when you're Maybe. the new, you're the new guy in any situation. Yeah, you feel self conscious. Yeah, I, I would hope that that's normal. That yeah, I wasn't totally alone in that. So normal feeling as you're going into rehab, I imagine. Yeah, it was. So it wasn't like any. It was like so, any other time. So what's the check in process like? Okay, so or how? Yeah, what, tell me about what what happened. Well, there's a there's a process, and you walk in to this little. It was a little office. Uh, there's a guy who's sitting there, and he's you know. They've done this thousands of times. This isn't something where it's like you know you're you're uh, you're, not, you're not special. You know what I mean, so it's like you walk in, you think you, they've seen it. They've, they've seen, seen this. Yeah. So their attitudes are reflective of that. I mean, you're just another number. You're like a number, basically. You're just another guy that's probably not going to make it because statistically they just don't. You know, the numbers just don't. They don't lie. So very. Uh, like I like didn't care like what what's the word like aloof like almost like okay here here's the form fill it out right you're not gonna make it basically telling me and I'm thinking hmm so and you want them to care because this is a Christian men's home you know mm-hmm. what I mean you're like you want them to sit but down they with didn't you. seem to care they didn't seem to care yeah there there, there was no no real which is normal probably they didn't or maybe that's part of their. Process. I think it might have been part of the process. Was yeah. just to not unintentional. Pretend like you know, well, or just kind of, yeah. They weren't intentional. That's for sure. But maybe they on purpose. Intentionally unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you and, uh, fill out some paperwork. Yeah, I fill out some paperwork, and um, then there's a director of the rehab, and he will. Um, he's the final say, basically. So they kind of say, okay, they ask you some questions, like any. Uh, there's some pretty standard stuff. Just uh, warrants for your arrest. Are there? Any, you know, do you have any? Are you on a uh, Megan's Law, something sexual offenders list, or um, are you coming off of heroin? Those are like the three, three main things. Why heroin? Why do they care? Uh, because they don't have the facility to detox. Oh, it's a pretty serious. It's a detox. serious, you know, detox. Basically, requires more medical attention. Again, a work therapy program. So, the minute you get there, the minute you check in, you drop your bags. You're working. Mm-hmm. You're like introduced to your job, where you're going to be. Right. In the, everyone goes to the kitchen to start. So. There's no time like two weeks to kick heroin. There's just no time for it. So either you're ready to be done or you just don't get to come in for that reason. So, And then uh, so you, I sat and waited and just kind of nervous. And then uh, the director, he, he, he moseys in a little bit later and he kind of just takes his time walking in and just kind of walks right by me and, and you know, doesn't even acknowledge me. I'm sitting in these chairs and I'm thinking, oh, this is him. Because I knew who he was because I'd seen a picture of him in a newspaper that my mom had showed me an article about this place months before this. My ego is still ballooned. It's like, I feel like I'm special. Mm -hmm. Like I have something Mm -hmm. that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I thought that probably just the drugs. Probably everybody sitting in that chair. Yeah. Same, same thing. Yeah. Just feeling like you had something, you were something Mm -hmm. special, but so he finally talked to you. Yeah. So he, um, and it was interesting. He made me wait a while too. Like I thought, you know, he comes in his office. I thought he'd get right to me. Like you, you know, you'd be excited to have me. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of a miracle guy. You know, what I mean? like I'm, I'm special. Don't you know who, who, who I am? Like, and so I must have waited like 15, 20 minutes after he'd already been there. And uh, he finally calls me in to talk to him, and um, he's just asking me the questions like tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me kind of where you grew up and kind of how you, how you got to this place. And so I'm bragging, like, you know, my dad was a pastor. Like, you know, I feel like I'm trying to, I have the qualif- all the qualifications to be at a Christian, Christian men's home, basically. 
he says a few more things like warrants. Yeah, no big deal. Like he, I told him I got beat up and the whole story, and he was oh, not really impressed with anything I'd said. And I thought, oh, I kind of needed him to be impressed, I think, with my story. And uh, he wasn't. So um, he kind of explained some of the, the expectations. And I said, oh, I've, he was talking more about like the faith-based stuff where – you know, you're not going to be going to like 12 step meetings and you're not going to be doing, there's no therapy. You're just going to be doing, this is like one step. You get on your knees, you ask God to, you know, for forgiveness and then you're just on your way. My response was pretty arrogant. I just said, Oh, I've got that figured out. I've already got that part down. I've already got the, the, that's not going to be a problem. I'm here for just to get this, you know, thing whipped. And he kind of just stares at me and he says, this isn't the place for you. And I said, no, this totally is the place for me. And he said, it sounds to me like you've got it all figured out already. So what do you need? What do you need me for? And I, I mean, I was like stunned. I mean, just in shock. Like I was like, I had to really think about that for a minute. Obviously I needed help. Obviously, I wanted to quit using. I I had warrants for my arrest. I needed a place to land. I needed Donnie. And mm-hmm. That was his name, the director. And it was there was something about him that I just resonated with right out the. And the fact that he was telling me, he was basically telling me no. I I didn't know this then, but they they really didn't tell people no at this place. They pretty much took anybody. But I had come across so cocky, like I'd had it together that he was telling me no. So rehab's all about breaking your dependency on things. Right. And sounds to me as I'm listening to your story that one of the things that Donnie was – one of the dependency issues he was breaking was – sounds to me like you needed him to need you. I needed him. To need you. Yeah. And he wasn't going to give exactly. you Exactly. He didn't need me. <laughs> It, that's the whole point, right? Of rehab is right. breaking your dependencies. Right. And if you couldn't get past that stage, then there was no point. You know, I'm not even and sure. He sounds like, and he knew that. No, he knew exactly what he was saying to me. There may have been other guys who had come in there, but I, I'm not sure. Even in that, I'm probably feeling like I was kind of special and how stupid I sounded, what an idiot I was sounding like. And I'm sure other other people had come in there and just told me how well they had it together, but. Mm-hmm. Um, in this specific situation, it was I needed to hear hear that. I mean, even my response was emotional. I remember saying, like, just knowing that I needed to be told no. Like, I needed to be told, um, you know, you, you can't come here. And I was like, I don't have – because I had no other options. I mean, I really didn't. I was out of time. Um, it was that or prison for me. And I, do, I didn't have the energy or the resources to do anything else. And on top of that, I really believe that this was the right place. As I was sitting there, I knew when he said that, that was where I needed to be. I was exactly where I needed to be. So what happened then after, after he told you, no, you can't come. You can't come in. Well, I just, I just sat there for, I don't know. Some seemed like forever, probably, but it was it was probably honestly about five seconds, and you know I just choked back, just kind of like mm-hmm. 
I really thought to myself, and something sincere must have come over me when I looked at him, probably with tears in my eyes, and I was probably very emotional. You could tell I'd been, sh- been shaken. That um, I, Donnie, I I need this place, and I need you, and I don't have it figured out. Mm-hmm. And I told him I didn't have it figured out, and I I, I realize that now. There was something that was must have come over him that he believed that I was sincere in that. Um, how sincere I was, I don't, I don't actually remember. Well, that's what but he was looking for. He was, was looking for some sort of, yeah. You didn't have a relationship with this guy. He had no stake in it or no. vested interest. But at the same time, he acted in a way that was very in in your best interest, right? To tell you no, right, up front, and so a lot of. There's probably a lot of people who have not checked into rehab in this world (laughs) and not gone through that process. But it's interesting as you tell the story that that there is this break or this this um, he wasn't going to let you be codependent. So tell me about then. So you check into this place and then you go through detox withdrawals well yeah it's cer- certain drugs are different i mean the, the like i explained earlier with the heroin thing that's a that's a more significant um mm-hmm. withdrawal i think that it's it's got more of a physical withdrawal symptom to it than um meth or cocaine or whatever ma- marijuana what, what was it like for you uh i was just tired uh, I, I think I was just exhausted. God, I'd been up for so many, for so long. I've been doing this a long time. You know what I mean? And just, um, just sleep deprivation and the wear and tear in your body, and physical, and just the, the you know, mental stuff you put yourself through, and just, um, you know, the way you eat and don't eat, and the you know, smoke. So what happened? What happened after you well, slept? For, uh, yeah, they let me sleep that day actually, which was really actually generous. And I had a brace on my knee, and I was obviously wounded so they let me go lay down for and i slept until i think dinner time got up had a little bit to eat and then went um, right back to bed till the next day and the next day i got up um i wanted to sleep again it was like i needed more i felt like i needed more sleep and there wasn't a sleep it was work time to work mm-hmm. and so 5 30 in the morning you're up and uh how long did it take you to kick the kick the habit i mean did kick, you kick the habit of of meth drugs yeah did you feel i mean uh, how long did they go away that isn't there i don't know like in the movies there's like this period of time where you're like oh yeah wrestling with the <laughs> symptoms and yeah how long does that take uh or what does, i'll be real i would love to tell you that it was the day that uh i got whipped that that was the, the that there was no no thought or question mm-hmm. um i held on to that day as my day that I wouldn't, I didn't, I didn't want to, it was like a promise that I'd made that I wouldn't go so, back. So you got beaten up right before going right. into, and it was you, only a few days before or maybe a week, week and a half. Were there withdrawals? I wouldn't say there's withdrawals. Okay. Not from the not drug. From the, okay. Not from, I didn't feel sick. Um, some people do. I, I never, I never felt sick. Interesting. Just more of a, this more of a sleep, sleep deprived, uh, you eat more, your your appetite starts coming back. Uh, it, it's more of a mental drug, I feel like, for for me and for other people I've been around. I can't speak for everyone, but 
I feel like that drug is more of a uh, emotionally damaging and mental because of what it does to your brain mm-hmm. and the, the different, you know, the serotonin and the neurotransmitters that you don't feel emotion, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're paranoia. There's all kinds of other things that come with it. So you, you're cutting off all the endorphins and things that make you feel things. Mm-hmm. So you're cut off to feeling. So you're actually, the only withdrawal is actually you're starting to get feeling back. I feel like you're starting to come back and you have to start dealing with your stuff. Seems like it's not so much about like chemical dependency as is it's about social, emotional, that you're ha- social, you're, you're social to, dependency. You're having to face your exactly. So, so for you with and if if you went through withdrawals, I imagine that that's part of more. It was it was more of the emotional, social, just learning how to function again without being able to check out exactly. And in the rehab center, you you check in. They, they tell you no. You admit your need. At, you need to get off this or yeah. change things. You get in, they let you sleep. Yeah. And just as when you're going to go into this time of what is in this, in the movies withdrawals, they put you to work. Yeah. And I was angry. It w- wasn't with withdrawals. It was like, what kind of work did they have you doing? I was, I was peeling potatoes the first day. I remember <laughs> because I couldn't move. You know, I had a, I was, but was that like the intro job or was that just because you had a, you were all busted uh, up? No, the kitchen is the intro. It's either kitchen or yard crew. And so the yard crew is a bunch of guys who go out and do stuff on the on this 14-acre property. But I couldn't walk because I had torn every ligament in my left knee. So I was basically trying to... They put you to work in the kitchen. And they set me in this chair with a bucket of potatoes, buckets and buckets and buckets of potatoes. And I just peeled potatoes. Did they even eat potatoes, potatoes there or they just put I don't know if they ate them. I think they sold them peeled <laughs> potatoes in bags or something. Like, I don't, I honestly don't know because there were so many potatoes and I don't really ever remember eating like a stew. Oh man. So, but they were putting you to like do something productive. It's what it was. Making a productive was use work. of your time. Exactly. Wow. And a hard way to do it. I mean, it was not easy to, the, the kitchen was not the easiest place, but I think that's where they try to break you. Like they try to see if, what are you made of? Like it was either you could handle it or you could, you know, you could hang or you couldn't. Mm. And they were not giving in. There was no negotiation. There was no like, Oh, I, well I want this job. It wasn't, they weren't having that. How long was it before you came to the point where you felt like I'm changed? I've changed. Uh, Even though you may be enough, like it was about a week ago, I feel like I was <laughs> just kidding. Well, when I was in rehab, t- I don't know. It was like I'm not going back. I mean, I know you felt that way after you checked in or after you'd been yeah. beaten up pretty bad. But I mean, I don't. So you because you checked in and you're thinking, oh, I got, I got a year. I don't have a year to spare. Like yeah. this, but it didn't even take a year for you to turn the corner. I think it was after the warrants were all my warrants were taken care of. It was probably about a month and a half, two months in, I would say, honestly, because in that time I had had plenty of confrontations and and run-ins with different guys when I was there and staff. And at one point I was packing my stuff to leave and because I had, I had been told I couldn't, God, it was so petty. It was probably something like I couldn't shower at four in the afternoon through a fit. And mm-hmm. I went to the assistant director and I said, I'm out of here. And they're like, okay. <laughs> like they weren't fighting to keep me. And I was they're like, doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. We I'm don't like, need well, you. hold on. I need you to fight. <laughs> you know, yeah. I still wasn't anybody special. Wow. So, 
Well, these sound like pretty special people that they yeah. don't cater. They didn't cater to you and they didn't let you go there because that's probably, that'd been the worst thing for you is to, right. to try to make you happy. To make me comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to me that you had at this point in your life, and we're talking like over a decade ago, mm-hmm. no matter how bad you screw up your life, I mean, you had screwed up things pretty bad, right? Is that okay to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that even in two months, 30 days to two months, you had a major turnaround. Yeah. Like to me, that's a hopeful story. Right. That no matter how bad you've, bad of a mess you've made of things, and repercussions will continue for a long time. There's always issues, right, from our choices. Right. But the major things, the the renewal, the the change can happen. It's almost like a miracle, miraculous, short periods of time. You know, you, you felt like you had a year ahead of you and you were there for a year. But the change came quickly, you know. That was probably the longest two months of my life, to be honest with you, because you're, you uh-huh. have to deal sure. with all the stuff that you, you all that wreckage you're talking about. But when you when you finally accept it that you're going to face this stuff um and it's not two months for everybody obviously i mean there's different people who go through maybe it's shorter for some i mean yeah. i think when I'm you just, realize that you're you're ready to turn the corner and you're done um and you're ready to face life on life's terms i think that's when the, the corner is turned and i think that's what happened for me as i accepted my place i accepted the responsibility i had to all the things that i had done all the Divorce and kids and crazy financial stuff. I all, all that wreckage, lost relationships. Um, I owned it. So for me, that was where I was like, I'm going to move forward, even knowing my marriage is completely gone. That my uh, my dad doesn't talk to me anymore. That my sister has nothing to do with me. The people who are important to me. My my kids don't know me anymore. Um, but that downward spiral that you were <laughs> on that was going to end in your death, and not just your just your physical being but just that your your psychological your psyche your right your spiritual was just it was gone a wreck yeah. and in I mean, i'm not trying to push it or force it an observation but just in a couple months yeah you know and i think that's a very hopeful story any of us who have made choices or are have things that we're trying to face that it may seem like a pretty long road and it is the reality is that, like I said, repercussions continue for a while, but the major change, the, the hope, can happen quickly. Yeah, yeah. There's hope. I mean, there's mm-hmm. definitely. I mean, definitely. Most definitely. I'd like to think it would be less for some people, but those things seem uh, the barriers seem bigger to others. For I mean, some people, it could be this afternoon. Life could exactly. be different. It is. I mean, there's That's a amazing. number of things. Yeah. 